superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. And he is coming for you. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Burrow sucked the Bills in with the pump fake. What he has become and what he is is a stone-cold quarterback. That's who he is. Today's guests, 49ers linebacker Fred Warner, Chiefs wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster, former NFL general manager Mike Mayock, actor, writer, and director Dave Franco. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rich Eisen Show on the Roku channel and this terrestrial radio affiliate outfit. We say hello to on Sirius XM Odyssey. Our podcast listeners, we say hello to you because we care. We care. Um, even though you're listening later, we still care. Um, and that's how we start our live show right here on Channel 210 on the Roku channel, on Channel uh, 218 on Sirius, uh, 202 on XM, 992 on the Sirius XM app, and whatever dial you're listening to for terrestrial radio, we're saying hello to all of you here on this busy Tuesday, getting set for a divisional playoff weekend aftermath into the championship weekend and we've got not one but two players calling into the show one from each championship game this weekend we've got fred warner of the san francisco 49ers in about 20 minutes time he's taking on the philadelphia eagles don't you know juju smith schuster calling in from kansas city he will be calling into this program um in our number two uh he's taking on as we all know the cincinnati Bengals once again he is taking on an old team of an old team of his from his AFC North days, and now these are his AFC West days, and he still can't quit the Cincinnati Bengals, nor they him. And uh, this is his first time in the AFC Championship game with the Chiefs, although it's the second year in a row the Chiefs are taking on Joe Burrow. Look out! And we've got Mike Mayock, my old friend from the NFL Network. He's joining us. He called the Bills-Bengals game on Westwood One, and then the actor Dave Franco will be calling, uh, will be coming into studio in person. He's a diehard 49er fan. That's good timing. Also, the fact that his new film that he's directed called Somebody I Used to Know is launching globally on Prime Video coming up uh, the Friday of Super Bowl week. So there's lots going on. There's you at 844-204-RICH being the number to dial right here 
on the program. Good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. How are you today, hey, Rich, sir? Rich, what's happening, man? DJ Mikey D is in D's Good nuts. Morning, Rich. TJ Jefferson is the candle lit. Well, we're, we're working on it. There you it. go. There's yeah. TJ Jefferson here on the Rich Eisen <laughs> Show. Morning, folks. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial wherever you are. Let's go. I've got also on this show a top five list. Oh. Top five storylines coming out of divisional playoff weekend. I did this last week on this day. On this since day. this was the day after the Monday night football game between the Cowboys and the uh, Buccaneers, top five storylines to come out of Super Wild Card Weekend. Number two on the list is, uh, what does Tom do now? Tom Brady. Oh, and we actually have a um, we actually have a uh, 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 an update on that. Oh. Now, Sean McVay, as we all know, in between, I believe, end of regular season and Super Wild Card Weekend. Came out of the end of the regular season with he needs to take some time and figure out if he still wants to be coach of the Los Angeles Rams. We know Aaron Rodgers said he needs to take some time and figure out what his future is, even though the contract screams he's playing and also screams that he's playing for Green Bay, but one never knows. He went on uh, McAfee's show last week leading into divisional playoff weekend, says he's still thinking about it. Sean McVay, as we all know, took all of about 72 hours to let the Rams know I'm staying. (laughs) Everybody has their different amount of time that they need. Well, Tom Brady has updated us on his timeline. (laughs) On his own podcast with Jim Gray. Let's go. And uh, Brady's Brady's answer was succinct. He, He gave us quite the answer through Jim Gray uh, taking one. On the chin for all of us in the NFL media wondering the answer to the question about his timeline. Here it is. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, You've said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to do, I'd have already done it. Okay, I'm taking it a day at a time. (laughs) I sense you're antagonized by the question. (laughs) You're scratching. It's only the question that everybody wants to hear. You're scratchy. Scratchy. I appreciate your asking. Thank you. Is it over? My God. Can I come up from a... (laughs) (laughs) Truly, he knew. I'm sorry. I was hiding under the desk throughout that whole... That was coming, ...situation. All righty. Two things. (laughs) Don't think he really appreciated the question. I'm picking something up. Not a sincere. I appreciate the question. I, don't yeah. know. I appreciate the question, though. Yeah. Uh, boy, <laughs> since when did uh, Tom Brady turn into Chad Kurtz? He didn't know that was coming, right? I, I, uh, I, by the way, I just gave you an old school Jim Gray reference. Chad Curtis. Yeah. P. Rose. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> And secondly, uh, that I, this leads it. We we we're dusting this off. Geez. We did this. We did this all last uh, off season. Somebody nailed it when Brady retired and then came back. That would be you, Chris Brockman. Nailed it. So we're bringing it back That's here right. on uh, this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. In between divisional and championship weekend, hit it, hit it. I plead the fifth. It's time for a TV twelve heat check. I'll tell you what, it's pretty damn hot. Love it. He's hot. 
Whoa, he worked blue in everything? Um, I don't know what to make of it. Other than the fact that he did not like the way it went down last year. And he's just, he just, it's his own, it's his own, it's his own show. It's his own pod. Jim Gray's his own guy. 12 out of 12. Tom's coming back, no doubt. And I guess if I if I knew what I was going to F and do, I'd have F and done it already. Unless the team that he uh, got his eye on isn't ready to receive him yet. And they don't have a coach yet. Either they don't have a coach yet, or they haven't cleared their quarterback spot yet, or um, uh, they 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 just got finished with their season. You know, <laughs> they just got finished with their season, like on Sunday night. Like on Sunday night, everybody's talking about, oh. or they or they haven't been done with their season yet. I mean, all options are on the <laughs> table for anybody. If Tom Brady is making it aware to anyone that I'm available. And I guess he hasn't figured out if he's available yet. Because he hasn't effing figured it out. <laughs> it's got a lot of ish going on. I love it. I love this side of Tom. I do love this side it's, of Tom Brady, great. too. It's great. Poor Jim Gray. He didn't know he was going to ask the question on his own pod. Hold on, Rich. Not poor Jim Gray. No, come on. Jim had to know that. I mean, Tom had to know it was coming. So my my two cents is, um, I'm, I, again, my sense is that he hasn't figured out what he wants to do yet. <laughs> and um, maybe the question is, is he not figured out what he wants to do yet because he truly doesn't know if he wants to play football yet? Or he doesn't know all the options yet. And that will inform whether he wants to continue to play football. I honestly think so. And last year, in the void, came somebody chitter-chattering that put him in a position. And he does not want to be put in a position anymore. So, there's that. When's the next Let's Go podcast? Or is this the end? I think they come out every Monday. Even during the, the the season in which he's not playing? I don't know. I mean, the season's not over. I'm aware of that, sir. <laughs> That's why I said we got two guests coming on, Fred Warner and Juju Smith-Schuster. Their seasons are not over yet, and they could be seeing each other in the Super Bowl as a rematch of the last time Fred Warner made it. You know? So, let's get into it here. The best spot for him, for him to go, where he can win it all and stay put in the East Coast, and maybe even the state where he is, is Miami. That's it. That's the spot. It checks all the boxes. He doesn't have to move very far. He's staying on the East Coast. they got weapons for him. They've got a defense for him. And he has, uh, um, I'm assuming, um, a head coach he can relate to. Since he's older, literally, literally older than him. I think that might be the first time he's had a coach younger than him, maybe in his entire life. He can go to Miami. He can set things up the way he wants. And then the other one where it's just totally, completely insane off the board because I don't know how they're going to do it are the two teams that just played each other on Sunday. TJ, I know you keep saying over and over and over again, I'll give you the floor if you want it. Do you want Tom Brady to quarterback the the Dallas Cowboys in 2023 and figure out the what to do with Dak another day? That you just know that Dak is going to be gone 
and that you will not have Dak anymore because he's not sitting there at $40 million a year as a backup quarterback, and he's also not going to lose his job and just sit there and go, oh, I'm cool with that at age 30. He's not going to do it. So the answer is yes or no. Do you want Tom Brady knowing that knowing that Dak's no longer going to be there and that after when Brady's done, you will then have to start from scratch at the quarterback position. You have the floor. You threw a lot at me there, but uh, to make a long story short, yes. You do. Why would, like, I'm not going to, who's going to say no to Tom Brady? I mean, there are a handful of teams that would say no. I mean, that's we have a certain team to have uh, MFs that I guess didn't want Tom Brady. But, I mean, if you get a chance to get Tom Brady on your team, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I'm, like, mind you, I'm not in. I'm not pushing the calculator, punching numbers in the calculator. I'll Rich. tell you right now, as, as a New York Jet fan, I'd have to think twice about it. Yeah, because I don't know if the team's ready. I know that they were playoff ready, and if they had a quarterback, they could have actually won a playoff game and gotten in it. But I don't think they would have beaten the Bengals. I don't think they would have done any of that stuff. I get that, and, and you, I don't you, know how long he's get, he's he's not going to be there for more than a year or two. But you've constantly said the Cowboys were ready, and yes. they, they were close. Oh yeah, so. If the defense is ready, they and they are. put on a Super Bowl winning defense, and Correct. as we said earlier yesterday, that the only thing that there was something missing on the offensive side, well, I mean, but is it going to happen? No, obviously, he's not coming to Dallas, but would I want and then, it? I, I mean, I love Dak, yes. And but. then as a Jet fan, I'd sit around and I'd think, well, they do have Garrett Wilson, and they do have Brees Hall coming back, and they do have those studs on defense. And I why wouldn't I want Tom Brady at age 46, 47 being a Jet going in there? I, I just don't think he'd do that. That's not his best option. Dallas would be. I mean, Go I said that a like a month Cowboy. ago and you guys laughed like I was joking, but I, I, because, I wasn't. Because I didn't see how your season was going to finish yet. I knew, Rich. <laughs> I knew how the so season did most was of America, it seems. You know, I've, I've, I've seen this movie before, bro. All right. It's like Groundhog's Day. It repeats over and over and over again. That's why I hold up that sign every regular season when Rich, because I got to get my fun in. Because I know come the postseason, I ain't going to get to hold the sign up anymore. 30 plus years have taught me that. So, yeah, I get excited when we win a regular season game because that's as good as it's going to get. You take Tom back? What if he just says, let's just run it back? I don't think he'd do that either. I don't think he would do that. You guys aren't close. And I know that people call, I know people mention Tennessee a lot as well. And I know Tennessee fans are all pissed at me right now because I, you know, overlooked that Ryan Tannehill came back from a high ankle sprain earlier this year. And I'm I'm praising Mahomes for coming back from his and saying that's the only time I've ever seen that in person is what I was referring to Big Ben before. Tannehill's tough, but would, would Tom go to Tennessee? I know there's Derrick Henry, and I know he loves Vrabel. I'd imagine. I mean, that's a that's a that's a that's a win, and they've got a new offensive coordinator. Would he handpick his own OC and go to Tennessee? Not that great offensive weapon. That's what I'm saying. Not exactly. Nothing, Mike no, Evans nothing like Miami, guy. or nothing like what he has in Tampa either. Right. So anyway, he's clearly still going through the process and doesn't want to be forced to make a decision or say anything that would actually trigger somebody tweeting out or Instagramming out or going on television and saying he's retired i think he still wears his scars from that last year and as you know just repeating once again everything that i said in the weeks leading up to the end of this season and then one week ago today saying about brady he's got to make his own evaluation about his own level of play and whether that meets his standards i think it does 
I think he's sitting there thinking, I'm 45 years old. I was asked to throw it 66 times in a playoff game, and I'm fine. I made it through there. I just need better protection. I need a better run game, and I need a, a I don't know, whatever better, better fill in the blanks that he's kept to himself. One thing he's not doing is sharing it with his podcast audience. Mm-hmm. Or I imagine he will once it's time. Right. Could you imagine if he broke it on someone else's podcast? It's his own. It's his, well, he could do it here. He knows this is a safe place. Yeah, it's a safe haven. But, I mean, it's his own content. What's more con- What's what's bigger content? I mean, that's why he created his own podcast. Everything out of his mouth is its own content. I don't know. So... No, Rich, can I ask you, do you think that he really was upset? Or was that like oh, that, that's two legit. guys just like, you know, no. you know how we talk off camera? We're all BS and we'll throw like MFs and we'll curse at each other. But it's just like, we're not mad. Yeah, someone was like, oh, it's staged. Jim Gray's not that good of an actor. Dude, it's not staged. He was legit surprised at the. I, I don't know. I, that's surprising to me, too. I mean, it's possible they didn't talk before turning the cameras on. But. I know, I, I know, and I'm sure Jim Gray definitely let him. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I can't, I can't. All I know is that we are talking about it. Yeah. And, you know, if he had just said, you know, I just don't know what I'm going to do, we would have still played it, obviously. But the fact that he's cursing up a blue streak and telling Jim Gray you're scratchy before I think, <laughs> you know. I mean, first of all, he, he treated Jim Gray to start like it was Dylan Brooks on the floor and he was uh, wearing a cardigan, uh, you know, courtside. And then, and then the follow-up, he, so treated him like he, was, he, he treated him like he was McManaman saying, you don't want any of this smoke. And then he finally got to the point, you know, of going on the air on Mondays, apologizing for everything that he said. Me a cope. Yeah, I think that's what we just saw. The whole... The whole arc from Friday to Monday of what happened at Crypto to, uh, you know, Pico Boulevard, the set on on Baby Fox, right? Is that what it's called? FS1? Mike, Baby you can Fox. confirm it, right? Baby That's Fox. what they call it up there, Baby Fox? I call them my uh, oh, okay. sports network. Very good. They're messing with his money. Rich. At any rate, Fred <laughs> Warner. Well, maybe Tom Brady. I'll react like Tom Brady. Fred Warner is going to be on this pro- uh, program. Juju Smith-Schuster, <sighs> Dave Franco in studio in hour number three, Mike Mayock as well, and you at 844-204-RICH being the number to dial. When we come back, we talk to a bona fide, big-time, all-pro thumper at the linebacker position, linebacker position getting ready to take on the Eagles. Fred Warner, I'll give him some help on uh, scouting the Eagles when we come back. (laughs) What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the -the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen.
Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, powered by Granger. With supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger is the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. 844 204 Rich is the number to dial on the program. Juju Smith Schuster of the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, hosting it against the Cincinnati Bengals, will join us shortly. But right now, joining us on the phone line is one of our favorites. All-pro linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers getting set to head to Philadelphia for another NFC Championship game, second in a row for this guy in the San Francisco 49ers. Fred Warner back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Fred? I'm doing great, Rich. Thanks for having me on. Man. I am thrilled to have you on this program. Let's let's hit right now. What's going through your mind as you get ready for an, another NFC Championship game back-to-back for you? Yeah, I mean, Philly. Philly Philly's all on my mind right now just because uh, that's that's who it's all about this week. And they're, they're such an amazing team, and their offense is, um, you know, is so good in so many areas that it's like, you know, it's, it's going to take a lot of film study and trying to find where we could find, possibly find, a, um, you know, one of their weaknesses. But it's, it's, a, it's a really good football team, and we're obviously going to have to be extremely prepared if we, if we want to uh, try to win it. Well, I, I guess um, if you don't mind, I'd like to turn the page back before we turn the page forward. Uh, sure. And and, and um, in terms of turning the page back, let's talk about the Dallas game we just witnessed. Walk me through the interception you got and how uh, you wound up being where you were and um, maybe what you saw on film prior to the game led you to picking that one off, Fred. Yeah, well, they had just ran that same formation, same play, um, or at least the same route by CD on uh, in that same area of the field. I think either the series before or maybe a couple series before that, and I played him too high. I, I was on top of him, and he kind of just sat down and, and Dak threw it to him for uh, like a six-yard gain. So on that, that, that next time I saw the, the same formation, uh, I kind of sat on him a little more. He gave me a... He kind of gave me a, a almost like a juke to try to work away from my leverage, and he didn't. I guess him and Dak didn't know that I had a nickel. Jimmy Ward obviously sitting outside of me. For if he did do that, so when he did, Jimmy made a heck of a play being there, uh, squatting on the route, and it, that was his interception. You know, he jumped the route, and the, the ball just happened to pop up, pop up from him, and uh, I was in pursuit right there, ready to, to take it. So, do you thank Jimmy afterwards? Uh, of course. So oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was, uh, I was telling him. Everybody told me what, what, what great of a play I made. But I went to him. I'm like, Look, Jim, that's all you. Like, that's a heck of a play about you. And so, uh, I, I guess what I'm also driving at here is what you saw on film against Dallas, because that's a national conversation now about them winding up short, not getting to where they wanted to go, so on and so mm-hmm. forth. Uh, what did you see on film that you were in fact able to exploit? in this divisional playoff game from Dak and Dallas, Fred? Yeah, I mean, we we knew um, we knew that obviously they were a great offense. Um, they had a, a huge performance against the Bucks. You know, Dak was coming off his best game of the season. And something that was interesting to me, I mean, I, I watched film all week long. Uh, we knew that they had some dynamic players, Tony Pollard uh, and Zeke in the backfield was a great duo. And then obviously CD and Dalton Schultz was having such a, a good season, so we we knew our, we had our hands full. But there was a stat I saw prior to the game where it said that Dak hadn't had two back-to-back games without a an interception. I think it was 
and since 2019, you know, which was I was like, oh, that's an incredible stat. But you know, that doesn't really mean that he's necessarily going to you know give you the ball. You got to go take it. But um, we knew we had to make his life hard, you know, to try and get him to to make some uh, some choice decisions out there. And and uh, you know, I think obviously we did what needed to be done. Fred Warner here on the Rich Eisen Show. Last time you were on was about uh, two months ago when this kid named Brock Purdy was just starting, and you're like, I think he's he's got it. You know, we've seen him. We, we, we think he can pull it off. We think he can do it. And now here you are heading to the NFC championship game. Uh, do you have a, a moment in the last six weeks uh, where your initial thought was confirmed to you? either in practice or in a game, Fred? With him? I mean, yeah, yeah, most definitely. I think, uh, yeah, you mentioned us being on the, me being on the show and us talking about talking that through. I think that was right after the, the Dolphins game when he had to come in and mm-hmm. win the game for us um, against a, a great football team who was really hot at the time. And, you know, I think what everybody wanted to see was, okay, how's he going to do when a team comes in like the – like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, going, you know, head to head against Tom Brady and Brady being undefeated against rookie quarterbacks. So um, I think that was the moment that everybody kind of knew, like, okay, he he can do it. You know, he can hold his own and and be the guy. And he's been that all along. And he's just been. I, I can't talk enough about the poise and how incredible of. Uh, I mean, just how incredible of a piece he's been for us because he had to obviously prove that he's capable of leading us to where we are now and he's done that and it's so it's like it's a story that you can't you can't draw it up any better you know and, and people can't talk about it enough i think obviously people are going to nitpick his the way he plays and, and different you know different scenarios throughout games and all, all this other stuff he's done exactly what he needed to do which is take care of the football that's that's first and foremost what, what you got to do in january football you got to be able to run the football you got to take care of it and you need great defense and so as long as we have all those We'll be just fine. And then there's another youngster that uh, I don't think gets nearly as much attention. He's behind you. Talk to me about Hufunga, will you please, sir? And and what he does and how how free he plays and how how much he's he's manning the fort behind you, Fred. Would you mind? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if a lot of those guys in the back end get a lot of credit. Um, you know, Huff has had just an incredible season. You know, in year two. At the beginning of the year, people knew that he was a good player based off the things they had seen from him uh, the prior season, even though he wasn't the starter. You know, when he'd come in, he'd make kind of, kind of these splash plays, and you see the style that he played with, and, which was promising, you know. But then you come, he comes into this season just ready to go. Like He, he took a hold of, of being the starter from day one. And, you know, if you would have told me that he would have been a first-team all-pro, a pro bowler, and one of – our best players on our defense and on, on our team, you know, I don't, I, that's, that's incredible to do in, in your second year. You know, he's just, he's got a knack for the football. He's always around it. He, his, the way he times up blitzes is better than anybody I've ever seen and just plays with his hair on fire, man. I, I think he's, I think he's one of the best, if, you know, and he, I think the whole secondary is playing really well, uh, really good football, um, playing, playing together. And, you know, that's what we're going to need. Fred Warner, all-pro linebacker of the San Francisco 49ers, getting set to head to Philadelphia for the NFC Championship game here on the Rich Eisen Show. And, Fred, I don't take for granted that you call in uh, during a very big week, take some time out of your prep 
um, to to call into this show. So I'm going to help you prepare for the Eagles. Um, Ooh, nice. Okay. Uh, they have this quarterback named Jalen Hurts. I'd keep an eye out for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd keep an eye on him. Um, he's yeah. elusive. Um, he could throw it, too. I don't know if you're aware of that. Have you seen that on oh, film? Wow. Um, so you're yep. welcome. Um, <laughs> are you taking notes? Are you taking notes right now, Fred? I, I didn't tell you to grab a pen first. Okay, yeah, yeah, no. I, I was already taking notes prior okay. to the show. Okay. Come on now. Okay, very good. I just want to, you know, I'm trying to help. You know, just let yeah, let thanks. Kyle know I'm I'm helping. D'Amico, let them know I'm I'm helping. So what what uh, what do you already know about Jalen Hurts that you're going to be bringing into this game, Fred? Give me that one for you. Yeah, I think aside aside from the the things that everybody else sees, you know, on on film or on TV, the physical ability. Um, yeah, obviously he can throw the ball. Had a multiple thousand yard receivers um, this season, but I think his mindset is what is what really separates him. You know, not being um, just not being content with anything that he's done. You could tell that he was obviously raised the right way because he's he's gotten to the point that he's that he is. But just the way that he approaches the game, something that I think you know, it's just something that I see from afar. I'm obviously not over there with him. I don't talk to him, uh, but I know what he's made of, you know. And that's that's somebody that you want at the helm of of your team and of your offense is is a leader of men, and he does it the right way. I feel like so. Um, you know, obviously they're going to be ready to go. Uh, by the way, I love what you just said, Fred, because I don't think that gets enough uh, conversation, um, certainly in, in the national media or in the media at all, when we're talking about who goes against who and X's and O's and all that. But So you're essentially noticing from afar how he handles his business, is what you're saying. Right? Yeah, I, I mean, that's just, something that, that's just something that I've seen from afar, you know, and like I said, I don't. I'm not there. I just right. I go off of what his teammates, how his teammates speak of him, his coaches, um, you know, other obviously other players around the league, and um, yeah, I mean, it's something that that I take to heart as a player. Something that I try to do is play the right way and have the, and I study different mindsets amongst players and, and the and the greats, and um, you know, he's he's doing it the right way. So again, I, I mean, what keys are you willing to share here? when you're when you're right there in the middle of a defense that you know is going against a an offense that ran it 44 times for 268 yards against the previous opponent and again I know the Giants aren't you but they they you know that's what they like to do and they also have seven runs that they called for their stellar quarterback and you know you got to get to him too at some point on the front seven uh, to make sure he doesn't go up top to A.J. Brown and and Devontae Smith. And, and we've already established you've got a secondary to handle that, but it all works together. What keys are you willing to share with us right now, Fred? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I wish I wish I had more info for you at this very moment. Yeah. I know the coaches are, are deep diving right now into the game plan and, and ways that we're going to attack the week. Um, you know, and that's something that we'll talk about more tomorrow. And when we come in, but um, you know, just just from watching myself, it, you got you got to stop the run, and that's every week. Honestly, that's every week. That's the goal, but it's easier said than done, and that's what everybody wants to do at this time of year. That's that's what winning football is 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 being able to control the time of possession, um, impose your will on your opponent by running the ball, and um, you know, I think that's that's obviously what our mindset will be and what however they want to run the ball with Jalen with miles with 
uh, whoever. You know, they have a great O-line and, and great weapons, so we we got to be on top of it. Are you getting the sense, speaking of coaches, that uh, these are your final snaps with D'Amico Ryans, no matter how uh, off of, you know, this game and or two? Fred, you getting that yeah. sense? I mean, just obviously because I'm I'm – like D'Amico's almost like just like a, a older brother or like however what type of figure you want to call it. I for me I hope I hope it is. Which which sounds funny because obviously right. I would never want him to leave and I would never want to play for anybody else other than him, but um I hope it is, man. He deserves it. He's 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 ready, he's more than ready to go be a head coach somewhere and help a team. Uh, go be great, and I know he's going to do an amazing job when he does. Okay, and in my last uh, moments with you, sir, let's let's talk about what making the Super Bowl would mean. Um, not just because you got close last year, but I remember you know the COVID year and um, the Super Bowls in Arizona, which your team was forced to make your home away from home in a season that was completely lost. And the fact that you can go back and play for the championship in the building that was your de facto home away from home on Christmas week. I remember you were away from your families at the worst possible times in the worst possible yeah. moment. What it would yeah. mean for you to, to get back there and play for the championship in Arizona, Fred? No, that's funny. I, I didn't even put that together, really. Um, you know, but yeah, you, you mentioned it, that that year in 2020 was it was a crazy year. It was unique. It was everything um, you, you could you could call it. it um, you know, being in Arizona, that was our new home. And you know that yeah, you mentioned it that this year, it being in Arizona, I guess that kind of adds an extra little little element there. But I mean, it would mean everything. Seriously, I mean, I we've been there. We've been to the NFC Championship game three out of the last four years. Uh, I've been to the Super Bowl, and when when you go so early in your career, I don't think you really. <laughs> um, you don't really. I don't want to say I didn't respect it because I when trust me when I was there, I'm like this is like I know how hard it is to get here, but it's just you don't really know. You know, even though you even though you think you know, you don't know. And now being one of the the, the head leaders of the team and a, and a captain and um, having the role I do with the team, I mean, it would mean everything to go and to uh, have a shot at winning it. It's my job to put stuff together, just like it's your job to take stuff apart. <laughs> Fred, you know what I'm saying? That's there you go. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not calling myself all pro, but um, I, I'd like to. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Fred. I appreciate that uh, that confirmation, <laughs> that check mark. Um, have a great flight to Philadelphia. Uh, let's chat um, uh, potentially after the game and before the Super Bowl. How does that sound, Fred? We'd love it. Yeah, that sounds great. Thanks, Rich. I appreciate the time at Fred underscore Warner on both Twitter and Instagram. One of the best in the business, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. I do love that guy, and, um, you know, it's something I was thinking about, and I, I think it's a storyline if the 49ers make the Super Bowl. If you remember, the city of Santa Clara um, told the Niners that their COVID restrictions required them to play their games elsewhere. And towards the end of a season where it, they weren't making the playoffs, it was looking pretty brutal. And they had to move to Arizona. Remember they played some of their games in Arizona that year? Yeah. And it was Christmas week, and you got to tell your family, okay, in the middle of this pandemic, we're leaving. We got to go. We got to move down there and just move into some hotels and call the home of the Arizona Cardinals their home. And um, I think a lot of folks were wondering, what what are they going to do? They follow up their Super Bowl season with that, right? And... um, 
and now they can come back and win the Super Bowl there? I think that's pretty damn significant. Kind of have to get past the Philadelphia Eagles first, and if Fred Warner does take Jalen Hurts down at any point on Sunday, you're welcome, 49er fans, because he heard about Hurts here first. I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to stick with that, and I don't care what anyone else says. Rich, I'm not a big Fred Warner fan right now. I know you're probably not very happy. Man, he, what he did was just unnecessary. How about him running Monday? up the field? By the way, him running up the field with CeeDee Lamb got a lot of extra run on um, on ESPN because Orlovsky broke down that play, mm-hmm. and his breakdown of that play was that T.Y. Hilton was wide open on the other hash. Oh, he, he most definitely was. Wide ass naked open. I didn't see an Orlovsky breakdown. I saw it on the replay. And he broke it down on ESPN, and um, and he basically said all that wide open space was visible pre snap and post snap, and he went and tried to get it in on CD Lamb with Fred Warner on him. And you know you can't, one would think, blame him for seeing okay linebacker on CD Lamb. I got this, Fred Makes Warner. Sense. I mean, yeah. and he did put the ball on CD's right hand but it was a much easier throw to throw to the guy who was wide open. And that's one of those things that you talk about, Dak Prescott's abilities in big-time games and processing and seeing the field. Stuff that Joe Burrow seems to have zero problem doing. Not to rub it in, but these are facts. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. When we come back, your phone calls and congratulations are in order for one of the three gents in this studio. I will hand out those congratulations when we return here on The Rich Eisen Show. NetSuite wants to make sure that you know your business, and by knowing your business, and when NetSuite is asking, do you know your numbers? Are you fully aware of everything involved, financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting? Because you're relying on out spreadsheets and outdated finance software, you may not have full visibility on all those crucial numbers for your business. NetSuite by Oracle fixes all that. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. It's everything you need to grow all in one place. The aforementioned and also you can um, automate your processes, close your books in no time, stay well ahead of your competition. 93% of survey businesses increase their visibility and control once they upgraded to NetSuite, which is what you should do to join the 33,000 business plus that already uses it. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade. At NetSuite.com slash Rich Radio. That's important. NetSuite.com slash Rich Radio for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. It's NetSuite.com slash Rich Radio. Ryan in St. Louis, Missouri. What's up, Ryan? What's going on, guys? How you doing? What's going on? What's on your mind? Something, man. Well, I just wanted to get your opinion on. Um, I know, like a lot of people are talking about Brock Purdy. Uh, you know, oh, what a great story it is, and all that kind of stuff. He, he is getting dirted on a little bit in the national media. I know you guys aren't doing that, but uh, if you just like statistically, like he's having the one of the best rookie seasons of all time statistically. Right. Like, you can put it right up with Dan Marino, and I just don't understand why a lot of people are still like they got people on ESPN talking about how this is his ceiling and it's like his 10th game. And like I said, he's like, well, Ben Roethlisberger won 13 straight games as a rookie, but he was quarterback rating was like 80 or something. 
Brock Purdy's quarterback rating is like 110. I just don't I just wanted to get your take on why you think people aren't giving his talent its fair due as as opposed to if he was a first rounder or like they have for first rounders in the past. Well, as you know, I can't speak for others and I appreciate you acknowledging how we've been talking about it nonstop. As a matter of fact, I I dubbed the number one storyline coming out of Super Wild Card Weekend, number one was Brock Purdy still batting a thousand uh, over everything else, Brady's future and anything of that nature that was coming out of that Super Wild Card Weekend, Lamar and what was going on with the Ravens, because this is unique um, to say the least. And I appreciate the call, Ryan. Um, if I had a guess, I, I looked this up prior to game day morning on Sunday because I knew we'd be talking a lot about Brock Purdy, and there's Kurt Warner sitting right there. And I, I, I'm like thinking, if shows like this one and First Take and everybody else who talks sports on a daily basis on simulcasts like Dan or whoever else for a living, what other storylines were were out there in 99 that might have taken over Kurt Warner's ascension? Um, now, Kurt was the one seed, and this, the Rams were the one seed. Do you know who the other one seed in 99 was? You wouldn't know. The 14-win Jacksonville Jaguars were the one seed in the AFC. They were the one seed in the AFC, man. Good team. Right. And you know who the fourth seed was? Was Tennessee. Now, that was wild card stuff, if you recall. There were only three divisions back in, in 1999. Right. And so um, so Jacksonville, the story was, you know, they, they didn't exist just a few years before. They're number one. Do you know who also um, was making his first playoff was Peyton Manning in 99. That was his first playoff season, his second year. Two seed. Right. And so Seattle was in the AFC then. These are all storylines that might have taken over the fact that, okay, the former grocery clerk is going to really lead this team. You know, they were crying about Trent Green getting hurt, and here they are, the one seed. that This guy's going to turn into a pumpkin soon enough. Wearing number 13, played his college in Iowa. Who the hell's ever heard of him? So I guess, you know, we're all – Talking about Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. I mean, you want to talk about Northeast Corridor takes it uh, front and center, and then you have Mahomes and the Chiefs and Joe Burrow, who a lot more people have watched play college ball than Brock Purdy. I, I guess that's what – and then also in the same way that Kurt might have been like, okay, all he's got to do is just not screw it up because that's Marshall Falk, that's Isaac Bruce, that's – Dick Vermeil's team, but Kurt was lighting it up. I mean, Kurt was putting up numbers that were through the roof until Brady got going in his latter stages of his career. Kurt had the three most prolific Super Bowl passing games ever. Ever. So I guess that's maybe why people are overlooking Purdy, just because we're, we're, we're lost amongst so many other items, and and uh, I, I guess they, they all feel that, or some feel that it, it's a system that he's operating in. I guess would that, that would be my guess on all 1, this. A thousand percent. I mean, you talk about his talent as regard to a first rounder. He was the last pick in the draft. No one literally expected anything from this guy. He's literally on the team to be 
maybe the third quarterback. Like he had to compete, and I'm sure he beat out somebody to be the third-string quarterback. The expectations for Brock Purdy were literally just on the floor. That was it. I remember at last year's Combine, uh, I, I took a walk before having to go to work because it was a beautiful, like, unseasonably warm March day. And I was late because I walked, you know, I took a hike, you know, through the city. It lasted a little too long. And I remember I walked past a group of throwing quarterbacks. By that, I mean they're invited to the combine. They go through all the drills and they go through everything else. But they're asked to stick around for the running back group and for the wide receiver group. Right. And, and, for, and they're, they're for the tight ends and the running backs to throw to them. They don't ask you know, the burrows of the draft to throw to the running backs and the tight ends. They do ask him to throw to the wide receivers. That's where they, when they're throwing their drills, they're throwing in the wide receiver group. But at any rate, so I, I, I just remember walking past them and I keep thinking to myself, was Purdy one of them? He might have been. He had to have been. And this time around at the combine, I, I'm, I'm not going to sit around and sit there and go to myself, I'm late. I, I can't stop and say hi to these guys. I'm going to say hi to them. I'm going to look them out right in the eye. Never I'm going to ask right? them who they are and what they're all about and get out of my own skull and what I've got to do. I'm like, I'll be five minutes late. Because you never know who these guys are and what they're going to do, and, and I should get to know them. I mean, well, Rich, that, lesson that, learned. That kind of holds true with life in general, right? You never know. Like, No, I, I'm just generally don't like people. <laughs> Not a people That's person. That's not true, I mean, if there were Rich. dogs, I'd stop and say hello to them. Well, you, you do, do love, love dogs. You do love dogs. You do love dogs. Are you getting a third dog? Yeah, we're going to. Are you? At some yeah. point. Same kind? Oh, my God. The number of videos I get. This dog, that dog. Like, Suze, you can't rescue them all. So, at any rate. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, are they not? Are they really saying that on ESPN that he's hit his ceiling? I don't know, man. Because I'll tell you what, folks. He's going to be the starter next year. If this guy makes it to the Super Bowl, it's going to be on and cracking. Every single person in his family, get ready. You're about to be famous. You are about to be famous because we've got two weeks until kickoff. Two weeks, and we are going to just, who is Brock Purdy? Who is his high school coach? Who is his Pop Warner coach? Who are his best friends in high school? Who are his best friends in college? What's he been doing this year? What TV shows have he been watching? What did he do in the first half of the season? What happened in training camp? When was that first time that they saw a, a special play out of him? I mean, it is going to be fine tooth comb. So anybody's wondering why is he not getting any run? He is four quarters away from getting the most run of his life. Yeah. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the program. Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Mayock. Mayock called the Bengals and Bills, which brought about a home date for the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game as they ripped up their tickets to Atlanta. Got all those refunds. Juju Smith-Schuster will join us here on the program and you in hour number two on this busy Tuesday. I don't. By the way, he got me off of this whole... I was going to offer you guys congratulations. For what? 
Well, I, now I'm going to hold it off because I don't, I mean. Bigger audience? No, not a bigger audience. It's just, I think it's more than just 90 seconds worth. Oh, thank you. I don't know what we did. Well, it's, one of you guys gets congratulations. That guy threw me off on the whole Brock Purdy yeah. thing. You know, I'm looking I mean, at. I, 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 you know, I, I, I love the story. I can't get enough of it. I'm looking at the 99 playoffs. They were wild, man. First off, it's like Seattle was in the, was in the. AFC West. AFC. Right, AFC West. The, the Rams put up 49, they beat the Vikings 49-37 divisional and then only score 11 the next week against Tampa. Well, I mean, Tampa. the Bucks, as you remember, no, I mean, I that's know. a Hall of Fame defense on every, you know. That was also. Sack Brooks and Lynch. That was also, sorry, Mike Hoskins, Music City Miracle Week. Uh, then then the next week, Jacksonville beat Miami 62-7. to yeah, I know. And then, and then they only scored 14 in losing to Tennessee. Correct. Tennessee, wild, as we wild all, playoffs, and man. as you all know, Tennessee took the Music City Miracle all the way to the one-yard line. Wild. Of the Super Bowl. Wild playoffs. It was a wild playoff. Yeah. Detroit made the playoffs. That's how wild it was. And so, again, I, I'm wondering would, how, how much was, would Kurt's run have gotten when there's a Music City Miracle and Jacksonville going from not existing to a 14-win one seed? And Peyton Manning getting in the playoffs for the first time. So maybe that's why Purdy's not getting as much run as you think. 